Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Second Take. Today, we're about halfway through the NFL season at this point, so we're going to be discussing and giving out our mid-season NFL awards to see who's doing best in the MVP category, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, as well as the Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year. And... If you're listening on Spotify, we'd like to thank you. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to our channel as well if you want to see a little bit shorter form type content. And without further ado, we're going to start off getting into the biggest award of the NFL season, the MVP award. Roland, halfway through the NFL season, who would you say is the NFL MVP? Right now, you know, you've got a lot of people that you can mention in this discussion, right? You've got Tua still has an outside chance. Joe Burrow recently with his recent play can be mentioned. Neither of those should be in your top three, but they're definitely, you know, they have a punter's chance at this point. Um, Patrick Mahomes is always a safe bet the way he's been carrying that offense. For me though, it was down it came down to Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts and I went with Lamar Jackson I know that he has less scoring on the year it's 14 touchdowns compared to 22 total touchdowns Jalen Hurts has scores the ball a lot you know whether it's the the running backs that push him in the end zone whatever you want to say the guy gets in the end zone a lot more the way the reason why I went with Lamar Jackson is because he has a higher passer rating, higher completion percentage, and turns the ball over less. He's also doing more with less, right? You've got Jalen Hurts has AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Swift, you know, Goddard. He's got a plethora of weapons, top five offense of playmakers in the NFL I think you can stack that group up against anybody and he's doing what he's supposed to which is putting up points Lamar Jackson like I've been saying before he has Mark Andrews and me as his number one right receiver who else does he throw to you know Zach Flowers has been hit or miss Odell is washed he hasn't really done much and his number one running back J.K. Dobbs, or no, what? Dobbins? Yeah, yeah, Dobbins. Freaking got injured the first game of the season. So he's been out there balling. I will admit the defense has played a huge role in this team's success. But Lamar has put on his backpack, and he's starting, and he's carrying yet again. So that's why I'm giving the edge slightly over to Lamar. Higher completion percentage, doesn't turn the ball over less. And he's doing more with less. I think he's more valuable to his team than Jalen Hurts is. Yeah, so it sounds like some of your biggest reasons. Um, Lamar Jackson is being, one of your arguments, is being a more valuable player since he doesn't quite have the stacked team that Hurts does. And his team is still finding a way to have success as well as him having less turnovers, which is a pretty important thing because for this award, Personally, I went with Jalen Hurts for the midseason MVP just due to the touchdown and total yardage volume. He holds um, yeah. the total yardage um, over all the other QBs, uh, the touchdowns over all the other QBs. Not that close in the touchdowns, 
Um, no, but the biggest really. reason I, I think why he's not running away with this is the amount of turnovers, eight interceptions, and at least a couple fumbles. So that's a double digits into the turnover range when Lamar Jackson isn't even close in terms of getting to the double digits um, for the turnovers. But if it weren't for the turnovers, I think Jalen Hurts would be able to run away with this if he's able to keep the ball um, safe the rest of the season. I think it's his to lose. But at the same time, who's to say Lamar Jackson doesn't pick up at least his rushing totals or his passing touchdown totals to be able to maybe take some control of his own um, in that sense? I personally think the biggest argument for Jalen Hurts right now is the fact that he hasn't won the award, right? These two, they're neck and neck, I think. Even though the touchdown discrepancy is rather large, it's eight total touchdowns more for Jalen Hurts. Um, every other metric outside of the scoring and maybe the total yardage leans towards Lamar Jackson. He's a more efficient thrower this year. He's running better. Um, and he has a higher passer rating. Uh, he just, you know, he kind of gets some of his touchdowns poached by some of the running backs. They they have a plethora of running backs. Of, their, their lead running back this year has seven touchdowns, the Baltimore Ravens. Jalen Hurts, once it's within three yards, they just line him up and shove him. Push him in. Into the end zone. So his, I think there are a bit of skewed metrics in his favor because of that. I'm not saying he's not having a fantastic year because he's lighting up teams left and right. Um, again, I just think your biggest argument for Jalen Hurts should be the fact that he's new blood, right? He hasn't won the award. And if it comes down to, you know, picking nits or whatever you want to call it, they'll probably give Jalen the award because he hasn't won it, right? If both of these guys have an equal caliber season, Jalen will win the award, whether that whether he's the most valuable player in the league or not. But do you think that the brotherly shove is what this play has been named by the Eagles recently? Do you think Hertz getting a large amount of his rushing touchdowns off of the brotherly shove will affect how people look at his total touchdown range or should it affect it? Like, do you think any QB could do this or do you think it's maybe a Hertz specific thing? I don't. You're not going to line up Patrick Mahomes to do that. You know what I mean? I do think Jalen Hurts is a specific type of quarterback that can squat 500 pounds and can line up behind the center, and he helps, right? So I think Jalen Hurts is really good at the play, um, but I also think you should they sh people should consider. Um. Or they should take into consideration, you know, perspective is everything when it comes to this. So th when you're voting for the people that vote for this award, they should probably take into consideration a little bit, at least the rushing touchdowns. Like how many of those were just the brotherly shove play? How many of those were him creating a play? Because Lamar Jackson, right, he doesn't get shoved into the end zone that often. He runs in there. Um, but then again... If everybody could do it, why don't they do it? So I've heard both arguments, and I think both are pretty valid. Yeah, 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 and that's fair, um, especially because, like you said, you're not going to throw 
Patrick Mahomes back there to run the play. You're not going to throw like some of the older QBs, like if Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins are no. playing, you're not going to throw them. Lamar's even a questionable guy if you would run that play with him because he's so long and lanky, not like as big and bulked up as Herbert. But also, it's kind of a, it's one of the more so team plays per se where he's getting pushed by multiple other people, something that you brought up. So, well, every play in football is a team play. You have to have guys blocking for you and doing their assignment. This play is literally like he holds the ball, he goes forward, and he gets pushed by four or five other people. So um, it's it's something that's interesting, especially if the NFL decides to ban this play going forward. But as of right now, I think he's one of the few QBs you would feel comfortable putting in that situation. So in my book, it counts as a regular touchdown, um, just the same as anything else, just because till the NFL says something about it, still a play that you can run, even though it is kind of unstoppable. Um, is there anyone else outside of kind of the guys we've already mentioned that the second half of the season you think might have a chance to sneak up and win this award? Um, it's a quarterback-driven award, but if the Niners rip off and become dominant once again, I think I can see McCaffrey getting consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a really big lull here, three losses in a row, coming off a bye. If they come off and they look like they did the first, the beginning of the season, you got to consider McCaffrey. But I'd say outside of that, you're pretty much locked into. Hertz, Jackson, Mahomes, Tua, and Burrow. I think those are your five kind of uh, main guys. Main guys, main candidates. Yeah. But really, at this point, there's only three true main candidates. Until Tua wins a legit game, I don't think he can be considered. <laughs> Even though he's going off on the stats. Hey, right? He's having the most passes. Crazy. Get the numbers his, against his numbers the bad teams. But until they win a legit game, he can't be considered, right? And Burrow had a really bad slow start, so I really think it's only between Hurts, Jackson, Mahomes. And then if the Niners, they explode off again and McCaffrey kind of picks up where he left off, you got to consider him. But Well, speaking of an award that doesn't usually – because MVP is usually an award that does go to the QB – the Offensive Player of the Year is an award that usually goes to a non-QB, especially if a QB wins MVP, kind of just depending on who's out there for the season. Who would you? Who would be your pick for Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL? This is easy. I don't think this was hard. It wasn't really close. It's Tyree Kill. It's the Cheetah. He's on pace for the greatest receiving season in the history of football. Right now, he's currently at 69 receptions. 1,076 yards and eight touchdowns. To put that into consideration, those were T. Higgins' numbers, I think, two years when two years ago when they made the Super Bowl. And he's done it in half a year. So, um, projected, if he can keep up this pace. Now, that's a big if, right? Because it's, it's difficult to do what he's doing, even though he makes it look easy. He's projected to end the season with 130 recept- receptions. 2032 yards, 15 touchdowns. That would go down as the greatest wide receiving wide receiver season in football. Calvin Johnson, his best year, had 122 receptions, 
1,964 yards and only five touchdowns. So to put that into perspective, that's kind of what he's chasing after. And I don't see why why he couldn't do it. Um, so if he does that, I don't think there's really an argument. Uh, and so far, I don't think there's anybody close. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I also went with Tyreek Hill for Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, he has 10 total touchdowns, two rushing on the year, over 1,000 total yards um, on about 70-ish touches for the year. But for him, it's just big play after big play after big play. Like, even though everyone knows he's a big play threat and he's this guy like 5'10", maybe shorter than 5'10", he still just finds a way to get behind the defense, run past guys. Like, it's just so hard to stop despite being so small. Um, The only other guy... I felt was kind of close to him, um, mostly due to his touchdown total was Christian McCaffrey, 13 total touchdowns, 900 yards of offense, but he already has 160 touches on the year, which is more than twice as much as what Tyreek Hill has. Just going back to that point of Tyreek Hill having big play after big play. And then the last dude who could have a chance to surge up late in the year, maybe AJ Brown. He also has yeah. a thousand yards already, but he only has six touchdowns on the year, which is four less than Hill and a almost like seven less than Christian McCaffrey. So he would have to have more touchdown volume to have a chance to really join this conversation as a true contender. But he's kind of on the outside looking in at the moment. So overall, I like Tyreek Hill's uh, Tyreek Hill's combination of touchdowns, yards, big plays. Um, might be the most important piece on this Miami Dolphins offense. Do you think that AJ Brown or Tyreek Hill has a better chance to finish the year with more yards? I think Tyreek Hill, this is a team that the Dolphins are an air raid kind of offense. I mean, they do run the ball. They've ran the ball. They started the year running the ball really good. But like I said, Tyreek Hill did this last year. He's doing it again. Um, as long as he keeps getting the targets, I just I don't think he'll get stopped. I could see AJ Brown slowing down as the year goes on, especially if the Eagles continue to have the best record in the NFL and they don't have to win as many games at the end of the year. Well, the Dolphins might be fighting to win their division. Yeah, because I mean, currently AJ Brown's only two receptions behind him. I know he has two less touchdowns, and he's only. 50 some odd he's about 70 yards behind Tyreek right now they both played nine games so two receptions 70 yards and two touchdowns less than Tyreek again I think the touchdowns is a the big reason why we go with Tyreek here but who knows we might now I think this is a big stretch we might be looking at the first time ever where two receivers get really close to 2,000 yards oh yeah but I'm going to go with Tyreek to break that mark. I think he's going to do it. He he said he would. And there's no reason why it's we true. shouldn't believe him because he's out here going crazy. Now, granted, well, he has one more game than Calvin Johnson did in his best year. But, hey, you know. I think that's what the NFL wanted, though. I mean, we've seen, seen guys hit that coveted 5,000-yard mark passing. We've seen people rush for 2,000 yards, well, I think, two different times, two different players. Um, and now we're just waiting for that 2,000-yard receiving season uh, to pop up. And, you know, like I mentioned, the NFL added that extra game. And I think a big reason why is to maybe 
not besides money reasons, but to give guys a chance to break touchdown records, to give guys to break a chance to break yardage records, which we've definitely seen more of with the added game these last couple of seasons. So that will definitely be something to watch. And I think, like I mentioned, team success will matter a lot as well. I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know for sure that the, but I'm assuming the Dolphins uh, schedule also does get more difficult. So maybe that plays a factor. I mean, I know for sure the Eagle schedule is crazy right it's now. Nuts. So AJ Brown might not be able to keep up this pace just because they're playing way better teams. So, um, and I know the Eagles will care more about winning um, overall than getting AJ Brown numbers, even though I know he thinks he deserves every target and rightfully so. But um, so that's a bit another reason why I could see his production tailing off just a little bit. Still going to have a great year though. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Tyreek's going to end up winning it. AJ might probably end up finishing second really close, and AJ might have a better year than, you know, any other year he would have won a kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But Tyreek's just going off. I think, to AJ Brown's point, we did a video a while back about the Stefan Diggs head-to-head, and I yep. think he watched it. And you saw us both take Stefan Diggs over him because ever since he's looked like the second best wide receiver in football. So, yeah, if we're yeah. going off of this year, he's having his best career season easily. And it's close. He's looking like he's in that elite tier of wide receiver that he has joined the group this year as being sure. tier one type of guy. So, for sure. No question about that. Moving on to the defensive side of the football now, um, a couple good candidates on this side. Who is your midseason defense player of the year, Roland? I kept it simple. I didn't dive too much into the advanced analytics of the defensive side of the ball, you know, who's pressuring the quarterback more or who's caused the most incompletions or has the least amount of target rate, you know. I just kept it simple. I went with the best player on the on the best defense in football, Miles Garrett. You know, he has the second highest pass rush success while being double teamed the second most right behind Micah Parsons, who is another, you know, candidate for this award. The Browns are just you can't run on them. And Miles Garrett's is a, a huge reason why. So he he looks like the best defensive player in football. So I'm just gonna pick him because the eye test and the team success shows that shows that yeah um garrett was my number two pick for this award i would have picked him to finish second um number one i actually went with tj watt uh the most impressive thing for me was how much he does across the board whereas garrett is still versatile for his position um i think just tj watt adds just a little bit more of that i mean he has one interception, six pass, pass deflections, two forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, one going for a touchdown, nine and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss, 22 QB hits. The only categories Miles Garrett was doing better in this year. So far, he had uh, one more forced fumble and a little bit more total tackles. Um, and I also think a big reason why is every single game why i picked tj watt every single game the steelers are in a close dog fight and someone always makes a play for them at the end to come up big 
on their defense, and that tends to be TJ Watt more times than not. Whether whether he gets the pick, the fumble recovery, the big time sack, he comes up with winning plays at the end of the game when it counts to just send this team to keep winning despite the offensive struggles, the passing struggles for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was a big reason that put him over the top, the versatility and the big time plays at the end of the game. I think he's really truly impacted the Steelers being five and three right now, as opposed to like three and five. For sure. I think my biggest argument against TJ Watt compared to Miles Garrett, because these are two of the best if not the two best defenders in football, right? These are 1A, 1B, no matter how you slice it, is one, TJ Watt draws slightly less attention. Um, Again, Miles Garrett's the second highest double team rate. Um, I'm not sure where TJ Watt ranks. I did not look at that. but um, And my other argument is Mike Tomlin. He's a much better coach than... Any coach Miles Garrett's ever had. <laughs> so I feel like that one has of those to play Cleveland a role. things. Mike Tomlin, you know, is a defensive genius. Their offense blows, but that's not Mike Tomlin's fault because he doesn't run it. So their defense year in and year out is elite, no matter who they have over there. And I think TJ Watt benefits a lot from that. Now, you can't knock the guy, but when you're splitting hairs, that's my argument. Miles Garrett doesn't have, you know, that great of a system around him, never really has. Um, this year they're doing great. They're the best defense in football. Um, but that's why I would pick Miles Garrett ever so slightly. I mean, this is close. Either oh, way, yeah. this is one of those coin toss awards, whereas the offensive player of the year and the offensive rookie of the year, when we'll get there, you know, it's not really. You can't really argue for anybody else. But for this one, flip a coin. I just went with Miles Garrett because he's the best player on the best defense this season. And, yeah, I think TJ Watt has a little bit more help in scheme, schematic-wise. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. And the only other guy I think that has a chance to enter these conversations is Micah Parsons. Um, yeah. Just his stats were just a little overall less than both of Garrett and TJ Watt. But he is the definitive number three. And depending on how his second half goes, he has a chance to catch these guys. I mean, he probably draws the most attention just because his ability as a pass rusher is just strictly teams are absolutely terrified of. He might be the best at that. He's number one in both. He's number one in both pass rush success rate and double team rate. Um, Yeah. And I think that says just says a lot about how teams feel about him and maybe why his numbers aren't quite there just because he draws just all of the attention um, in the passing game. But overall, pretty, pretty good defensive uh, options this year, I would say. And then moving on to one that's not really close, but that's really fun and was a little bit unexpected, mostly just because the school this guy came from looking to break the Ohio State QB curse. I really don't think it's much of a debate. Who nope. is your offensive rookie of the year, Roland? I mean, we don't even have to say it. We don't, it's CJ Stroud. Nobody's close. Nobody will be close unless he dies or gets injured. Like, it's knock on wood. I hope he doesn't. I Backtrack. Let's backtrack here. A little second take backstory. 
I am a Indianapolis Colts fan, as some of you may know. And I was watching C.J. Stroud in the Rose Bowl that they played against Utah two years ago, where he threw all of his passes to Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I was like, man, we got to get that guy on the Colts. I know we're going to suck next year. We got to get him. What ended up happening? We got the third pick instead of the second. So um, a little pissed off about that. Outside of that, I can't be biased that he's not on my team, and I really wanted him to. This guy is on pace to maybe have the greatest rookie campaign in the history of the NFL. 102.9 passer rating. If he, if the season ended today, that would be the highest passer rating of any quarterback ever, beating Justin Herbert's 98 from three, four years ago. 15 total touchdowns, 14 passing, one rushing, only one interception. That is the part that is insane. Okay, we'll dive into some of the other best rookie quarterback campaigns and and, my, and examine the turnover numbers. One pick, only one turnover all season long, halfway through. And my take, honestly, is if the Texans were a better team, he'd be a legit MVP candidate. Not even a rookie of the year candidate, MVP. I don't think you're crazy at all. I mean, the dude has 14 touchdowns, like you said, one pick, 2,200 passing yards. And his comeback against the Bucks was crazy. I mean, I was watching that game. I thought the Texans were done and that they were out. And then here comes CJ Stroud. To, and it's just like this dude's making the Monster. passes. He make the right decision every single time. Crazy accuracy. This dude is a future star, and if not one already, I don't think anyone saw the Houston Texans being a 4-4 four and four football team to start the year. And now that I feel like his touchdowns are starting to pick back up, like you said, if the Texans were a better team, he would be an MVP candidate. He's up there with almost any of these quarterbacks, these top quarterbacks with the way he's played this year on the Houston Texans which is just incredible. And not to mention that team lost their kicker in that game. Yep, running back came in, kicked that, that field goal, baby. Oh yeah. They wouldn't even kick an extra point. <laughs> like that, 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 that was just even more incredible. And it's worth mentioning, like to start of the year, there was a slight argument. Like I really felt Puka Nakua was the other guy and that he had a chance, but you know, ever since the Rams seasons kind of been up and down, Cooper cup came back. Stafford's hurt now. You know, Nakua still should get a little bit of love for sure, having a good year yeah. still. But CJ Stroud is just elevated above the rest. Future star in the NFL breaking. Hopefully, don't, you know, to break the Ohio State QB curse. Yeah. I mean, if he can keep this up, dude, he might have a better year than the majority of quarterbacks. He might have a top five year, you know? If you can keep up this turnover ratio, protecting the ball, his completion percentage is really high. Um, if he can keep this up, he might finish the year as a top five quarterback. Not, I'm not saying going to say he's a top five quarterback. Okay, not super hot take alert, but he will have a top five season. If you statistically speaking, I don't think the Texans are going to win enough. Unfortunately, that's the only thing holding this kid back from winning any type of award. But as far as offensive rookie of the year, it's over unless he gets injured. 
Um, but I wanted to compare what he's doing to some of the previous quote unquote best rookie quarterback campaigns we've seen. Right. We're going to start off with Cam Newton. He came out, he had one of the best rookie year campaigns. He exploded onto the season scene. Cam Newton's rookie season stats were an 85 passer rating, 35 total touchdowns, 14 on the ground, by the way. It's crazy. It's a lot. Um, 297 total yards per game, you know, almost 300 total yards per game. He was the offense of the Carolina Panthers where he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, 17 interceptions. That's I didn't count how many fumbles he had as well. So he might have had over 20 total turnovers his rookie year, like most rookies do, right? Most rookies turn over the ball like crazy. Um, CJ Stroud, on the other hand, like we said, 103 passer rating, 291 total yards per game, 15 touchdowns, one pick, one turnover so far. Um, Andrew Luck <clears throat> carried his team. That was the worst team in football to the playoffs. You know, one of the best seasons of my young fandom for the Colts. And ever since then, it's been dark. But um, 76 and a half passer rating, so pretty low uh, comparatively. 300 total yards per game, 28 total touchdowns, 18 interceptions. Right? High turnover rate, high turnover clip. Justin Herbert, who I think previously honestly had the most efficient rookie campaign, only started 15 games because Tyrod Taylor got poked in the lung by the doctor. And now ever since he's he's out of a job. So um, Herbert, 98.3, previously the highest uh, rookie quarterback passer rating of all time. 305 total yards per game his rookie season. 36 total touchdowns and only 10 picks. So I think that's the gold standard as far as rookie quarterbacks go, statistically speaking. C.J. Stroud has a legit chance to surpass that, um, especially with the way he's taking care of the ball. So he might go down as the greatest rookie quarterback of all time if he can keep this up. Yeah, I mean, I know you bring up a great point with the turnovers. And... You know, C.J. Stroud might, he'll he'll likely have a couple turnovers for the rest of the season. Probably won't finish with just the one pick. But I don't see him catching up to guys like Cam Newton at 17, Andrew Luck at 18, right? Even Justin Herbert at 10. I mean, that means he'd have to have nine-plus turnovers to end the season, so more turnovers than games. I just, I don't know if that's going to happen. So I really like him going on pace and finishing the year with under 10 turnovers. Like this, like you said many times, this award is CJ Stroud to lose. And then moving on to the rookies on the other side of the ball, the defensive rookie of the year, who do you like for this award, Roland? This one was another one that I just went with kind of the, I mean, he might be their best player on the defensive side of the ball, but I went with Jalen Carter, Philadelphia Eagles defensive tackle. I gave him the slight edge over Devon, Devon Witherspoon simply because I think he's just more impactful. He's more consistent on a night-to-night basis. He's probably already the best defender on the Eagles defense right now, and that's saying something um, because they're the best team in football. And he's kind of their anchor, and it's his rookie year. Uh, so I'm just 
impressed by the fact that they can put so much load on this guy and uh, he can lead their their defense. Whereas yeah. all the other candidates, you know, they've kind of had off games or they haven't been consistently as, as dominant per se. Yeah, I mean, and he makes me wonder why he fell so far. I mean, I know why he fell so far in the draft, but the you know, he had some legal issues. But I just, why do teams let him go all the way to nine when he's just this good and this impactful? If you felt good about his legal situation being cleared up, which so far he hasn't had any problems since, you know, uh, his Georgia incident. Um, and it's like, like you said, the consistency has been there for this guy. Two forced fumbles, four sacks, five tackles for loss, seven QB hits, four defensive tackle, which is pretty good. He's mostly in there to stop the run, make guys try to bounce it, you know, outside while trying to keep the outside contained. And not only is he doing that well, he's also getting to the quarterback. And, you know, that's a that's a very scary thing. This guy's just super talented i do also agree i think witherspoon is number two but for me most of his stats came in that big game uh seattle won in the prime in their primetime game when he had the defensive touchdowns and he was really good don't get me wrong having a good season i just think he kind of broke out a little bit later in the year um than jalen carter who's been just dominant as a defensive tackle you could already put him as one of the best defensive tackles statistically and huh. the nfl after just half of a rookie season. Yeah. I mean, everything you said, man, I think it's the biggest de determining factor here is his consistency. He's been the most consistent out of his group. And uh, that you just, that has to count for some, especially in a war like this. And that just shows me that for the latter half of the season, he's going to continue to produce. So that actually begs the question, out of all of these awards... Which pick do you think is most vulnerable to change out of all of your picks? It's either for me between MVP or offensive player of the year. I think MVP is the most vulnerable to change, to be honest. Um, if the Eagles go through this tough stretch with me picking Jalen Hurts and they start to lose and Hurts starts to rack up more turnovers, he's going to drop on the list. And if uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens continue to win, he gets some more touchdowns or Patrick Mahomes uh, continues to win. Um, I would say MVP, um, even with Joe Burrow being a potential dark horse the second half of the year, a guy who could sneak up in there as the Bengals only have three losses at this point. Yeah. I would say mine is mine is the MVP that is the most likely to be messed up by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm. I agree. I feel really confident in every other pick. Um, the MVP is just a wide open race. I don't think we've had a race like this in quite yeah. some time. You know, it's always kind of been definitively Mahomes or Lamar explodes for that one season, right? So. This year, take your pick and ride with it. Uh, I think Lamar is pretty vulnerable. He's always been vulnerable and susceptible to injuries. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But that would be my biggest concern for my pick there. Um, but like you said, Jalen Hurts could turn the ball over a lot, or he could rail it back, and he could end up with the most total touchdowns 
out of all of these guys. Mahomes doesn't have many people to throw to. You know, he's <laughs> oh, yeah. backpacking. The guy Mahomes is backpacking. The reason why I have him third is because you could pick Mahomes every year if you wanted to. And I just don't. I th- I'm I'm judging off of who's more likely to win at the end of the season based on how they've produced so far. Uh, factoring in voter fatigue and everything else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, MVP's a crapshoot, dude. I really had the hardest time picking between Hertz and Lamar right now. And, you know, if Tua finally wins a big game and Joe Burrow, they're, they're, the Bengals are looking like a legit threat right now. So that one is just take your pick because I don't really know who's going to win. Yeah, and with this wide open uh, MVP battle at the moment, I feel like most years there's usually one to two candidates. Um, at this point in the year, at least, that's kind of the leaders. Not so much this year. Um, but if you're watching or you're still listening, let us know who you would pick for the MVP award. Do you think it's Hurts, Lamar, Mahomes, or maybe someone else who we didn't mention? Maybe a non-QB wins this year. Regardless, we'd love to hear what you guys think. Let us know. Thanks for listening this week. Tune in for our next podcast next week. It'll be exciting. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And have a good one, guys.